Talks. I'm Akria Jamfi, and in this episode, we're thrilled to have one of the stars from the multi-award-winning film, The Holdovers. Please could you introduce yourself, tell us who you are, what you do, and which character you played in The Holdovers. My name is Divine Joy Randolph. I am an actor, and I have the privilege of portraying Mary Lamb in The Holdovers. Thank you very much. So for those of you who don't know, The Holdovers is out in the UK on the 19th. It's a comedy drama directed by Alexander Payne and written by David Hemmingson. The story revolves around Paul Hunnam, a classics teacher at a New England boarding school portrayed by Paul Giamatti, set in the early 70s. Hunnam finds himself unexpectedly staying at the school with one of his students, Angus Tully, played by Dominic Stessa, and the grief-stricken cafeteria administrator Mary Lamb, played by our wonderful Dave and Joy Randolph. Together, these three navigate a memorable and transformative Christmas break. So it is award season, and this film has already won an impressive, I think, 48 awards, with a whopping 23 of them going to your... Is that not right? Have I got it wrong? No, no, I'm, I'm, I haven't, I haven't heard the number. It's impressive. And twenty three of them are yours. So no, yes, based on my research, I might not have it completely right, but based on my research, twenty three wow. of them are yours, Miss Davine, for best supporting actress, and I think Emmy and Golden Globe. So when you um making that walk up those steps to receive your award, what's going through your mind? Do not trip. Are you a heeled girl? This is the problem. They look good on me, but you got to pace yourself. It's a marathon. So yeah. I wear the heels when I need to wear the heels, and I'm in comfies when I need to be in comfies. But it does look good. It does. It does. I'm the same. I, I'm old now, so I kind of transgress into soft shoes and low platforms. I can't do it anymore. But when you're looking out and you're making your award speech, I can imagine in that moment you might have something written down, you might have something off the cuff, but what is that moment like? Because you're being thanked for the work that you've presented and it's a lot and you're not seeing this sea of people that are just, you know, in the game as you are. Yeah, and I think it's weird when you think that those people are listening to what you have to say in that moment. It's, it's wild. But I, I can only assume when people are like, oh my gosh, and, uh, and all that kind of energy is because... Acting can sometimes be a very lonely thing. Mm. And you're in the trenches, especially with movies and TV, and you don't have an audience to base stuff off of. So to get that response, it's overwhelming. Yeah. Let's get into the holdovers. So where were you in your career and what was happening when this role came your way? What was your kind of mood and mindset at that time? Um, at that point, I was working quite a bit back to back. And it was starting to feel a little nine to five-ish, to be honest. I was working, but nothing was really enticing me in a way that I would have liked. And I wanted to change. I wanted to change chronologically. I did this, and then after that, I did Idol. So I was looking to switch things up. Mm. And then it came your way, and you saw Mary Lamb on paper. What was it? Who was she to you? Why did you, like, yes... I have to. The writing was right. Mm. A lot of times I have to piece together things, make a loaf of bread with crumbs, and here all the ingredients was there. And so that was exciting for me to know, oh, okay, they get it. And where they don't get it, they're willing to receive it. And that was crucial, right? You have a white male writing for a female perspective a black female perspective you have a white director and what was really cool is that 
they were like, well, what do you think? Culturally, would this happen? I really appreciated it. I didn't think that was going to happen. I had hoped and I had a small inclination being that the script was starting at such a, you know what I mean? A yeah. That's, I mean, and I know that's a blessing because I know a lot of actors don't always have that come, even mm -hmm. to feel comfortable enough to speak up and say, do you know what? Can I just interject here? Oh, I always do. And in, in a very polite way, because I'm more scared of if I don't. And we don't get many opportunities at this kind of level. So any level is, is, is very important to me. Absolutely. As mentioned, David Hemmingson wrote the film. And I read that your character, Mary, was inspired by his own mother's experience of raising him on her own. So what was your reaction to this? And did it impact the way you brought Mary to life? He's stated that now in press. I didn't know that going into it, but that woman needed to represent women as a whole, not only for Black audiences to connect. It was imperative to me that universally people did. Mm -hmm. I wanted to show what it was like to be a woman and how we can juggle many things and how we can be selfless. I wanted to show how it was to be a Black woman, how we can hide our feelings and have a whole thing going on and yet, if we don't want you to know, you won't know. And so, yeah, that was important to me. This film presented as a white film, kind of, and then you've got a Black character in, in this world of white maleness. The film also takes into account the experience of Black families who've lost loved ones during the Vietnam War and yep. addressing that lack of visibility and storytelling in mainstream projects, especially. I love that you were able to have those conversations about making things culturally authentic. But even that particular piece of information that you're delivering so that there is now there's a piece of content that now speaks to those families it's not the be all and end all but it is some sort of representation and it wasn't for me watching tokenistic or hammed in it, it was there yeah I, I will never mm -mm. I, i'll go do a whole nother career because i don't want to say that you lose but you lose out on the opportunity right the whole point of creating is for people to see be seen and understood and learn and heal. So if you can't see yourself, how can you have the courage to, or have the foresight to create something different for yourself? You know what I mean? So it's really important that all these roles are not only authentic, but non-stereotypical. Because yeah. I think stereotypes come in when there's a lack of knowledge or a lack of want to get it right. Absolutely. And it's like, ah, it's fine, you know? So, mm -mm, I don't play that. And I appreciate that you didn't. Another refreshing aspect of the holdovers is the natural closeness between Mary and teacher Paul, played by Paul Giamatti. And I, again, this is me, I project so much, which is what audiences do. You project your own wants and needs into projects that you watch, and especially when you like them. And I liked that actually it could have gone the typical film, though they fell in love randomly in this particular moment with this particular person. If it doesn't make sense to me, and then it takes me out of the film. But I like that actually you guys became very close friends and it was like a natural friendship, an odd but natural friendship. How did you guys work on building that believable chemistry? It was almost as if these characters are courting each other. Like back in the day when people would court each other and like, and I say courting because that was non-sexual ways of intimacy and connecting with one another. And I think similarly, uh, Paul and I were doing the same thing of like, you know, getting to know one another and, and one's interests and stuff like that. And he's truly a lovely human being. So I felt safe, I felt heard, and ultimately cared for. He would check in on me and just very, very generous with his time. 
the films are kind of like a mostly three-hander film with you, Paul and Dominic. What were some of the challenges of bringing to life that close world? And how did you kind of work through that? Not really lucky, sweetie. We just naturally fell into it. It wasn't contrived. Dominic is an old spirit, so he fell into it. And I wish I had more of like a... And we did this exercise in it. No, we got really lucky. And I mean that because there's many productions that you'll do, and that's not the case. But we got really lucky. That's a blessing. You've had an opportunity to work with some incredible talents, including Eddie Murphy, Paul himself, Taraji, Terrence Howard, Method Man, and the entire cast of Rustin. Who has left you in awe or made you say, am I really working with this person? I'd probably say Eddie Murphy was the yeah. one. Who, like Mind blown. I have to mention two standout projects that resonated with me and maybe the first time I kind of discovered you. The Come Up that we actually screened. I um, co-founder of a film festival called Soul Film Festival. And we did this in partnership with ABFF. They brought the Come Up to us to screen. And it was so very well received. And your character, Ampu, is the truth. And I was this week's years old to discover that you starred in um, Mother of George. And I love that film. And obviously I didn't put two and two together. So I was like, wow. Can you just speak quickly, speak to us working on both those projects? Mother George was the first thing I ever did. It was so New York. We filmed all throughout Brooklyn. And I worked on the dialect. But I didn't have as much time. It was a, a quick job. So it wasn't at the level that I would have wanted the dialect to be in. Uh, but to work alongside the Nye was awesome. It was before everything. Before her career really started to blow up. So it was a true independent, like, not guerrilla style, but guerrilla style. And it was such, it was such a great experience. Um, and then on a come up is Sanaa Lathan's directorial debut. She too thinks similarly of like, you know, no stereotypes and grounded that you can still tell an urban piece and it doesn't have to be that way. And that's, I, I was proud that that was something that she held on to. I, and for me, yeah, it was cool because A, I hadn't done it yet. B, it's different. So I was like, okay. I always just try to keep the resume diverse we love on push you're like a g i just want to quickly ask what are you watching right now when you i know you've been up and down and on the run but what are you my island <laughs> you're tired i'm sorry no you need to apologize i'm grateful to be here with you i i mean to be honest with all this running around no the, the, i'll put something on on the plane and then i fall asleep but predominantly what i do is i watch old movies okay i like to watch old movies because i don't know anybody in it and I can actually just watch it with non-analytical eyes. Does that make sense? Absolutely. That's the only thing I can actually just sit and watch it and enjoy it. Anything else contemporary, I'm like, oh, I know that actor or, oh, that happened. And, or the wig looks crazy or whatever, <laughs> whatever. This allows me the only time that I can really get lost in, in the work. What is your favorite go-to old-time movie? Lately, I've been having a rotation, The Apartment. Okay. I could just watch that all, all day. What are you reading at the moment? I don't know the title of it. Some like manifesting book. You know, when it's like the four truths, it's like one of the, it's from that same person. What are you listening to now? Either podcast or music? I, you know, I don't really get into podcasts. I used to li listen to Iana Love Van Zant's podcast. Those were good. Those are really good. She's very talented. Auntie Iana all day long. Since it is award season, you've won all the awards, so I'm not going to ask you which award you covet the most. What I'd like to ask is which skill you possess that you think you, des you deserve an award for. For example, mine is drinking a lot of water really fast. I can drink a lot of water in a big bowl. I think I should get an award for it. 
<laughs> I think I'm very good at, um, I don't know what you call it, but like dealing with people, people mm -hmm. management. I don't know what it is, but like lots of different people asking many things and I can juggle it and at the same time be very keyed into each individual's like needs and wants and have a big team. So I, I feel like I do that pretty well. I give you your award for that. And finally, any tips for actors on how to handle challenging moments on set and to get things back on track, just like a tip? Remove yourself from set, number one, to give yourself some space. Take a couple of deep breaths. If you can, call someone that you trust, whether it's your agent or a best friend, to get perspective. I say that to say, not to say that you're wrong, but that it's very, they like in acting to being in a car accident, right? If you do a EKG, it's going to show up the same way. When they say action, what happens to our body is the same thing of, you're about to be in a car crash. So in that high stress, sometimes we are also in high stress. And so basically remove yourself, take a breath, survey the, the situation, and then come back to it and but speak your mind, 100%, but, but like, just take a moment. You know what I mean? Because it's all just so much. I never in the moment just say, you know what I mean? Like, I, I know. And something truly is challenging. I always take a beat before doing so. Because as Erica Badu said, we're all artists and we're sensitive about our ish. So everyone's wanting to be the best and do the best at their thing. And it's a lot of, motion. Davine, thank you so much and bless you. And I send you all the strength and energy for the rest of your day. And I hope you get some rest soon. I really appreciate it. And congratulations on everything. Thank you so much. Thank you so much.